it's it was it was so surreal to be able to hold a cup of coffee, look at it, and think. I I had a hand in pretty much every single aspect of this besides growing and processing and exporting and the whole long list, but. Welcome to the Coffee Snobs Podcast, where we just really love good coffee. Grab your cup of coffee and join us each episode as we explore any and everything coffee related. From pour overs to lattes to the coffee experience, we explore it all because, well, life's too short to drink bad coffee. Let's go. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Coffee Snobs Podcast. This one is a very special episode. We are live on location. Live. Live from from New York is the Coffee Snobs. (laughs) We are actually at a a shop we talk about quite a bit on the show, Groundwork Common in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, It's me, Tyler, and I am joined by my always awesome co-host, A.A. Ron. Yes. Fix-It Beaver. Well, and 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 I wish you could see our setup because it is like... (laughs) As get, we have the shortest XLR cables <laughs> attached to. It's just a really intimate setup, you guys. It's, We're getting to know each ratchet. other. We're bonding. Uh, the other voice you hear is our special guest yes. for the episode, Mr. Preston Rollins. Yes, What's going he on? is a barista at Groundwork Common. He is a roaster in training. Roast, roasty. Roasty. Uh, he is going to talk about his coffee journey. Yeah, and he's going to nerd out. So, guys, just be prepared for like. Very technical coffee jargon. Yeah, seriously. It's going to be a lot um, of fun. Preston just got back from... I'll let him tell you about it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. before we dive right into the main topic today, let's start off like we do every episode with what's in your cup. Oh, I'm excited for this one. So today... This is legit. We got three different guys, three different cups of coffee. Yep. Preston, tell us what we're drinking. Yeah. Well, uh, Aaron, in your cup, you have a kind of post-roast blend cold brew that we did here in-house. It's uh, uh, two pounds of our uh, Guji that we roasted here in-house, and then about three pounds of the Tiga and Tula, which is a wash Ethiopia from Hatchet. Uh really solid i was able to finish it up this morning yeah it's incredible so i appreciate it as i was setting up uh the podcast he's like hey you got like three minutes and then went over and made me a drink and i have to say it's really good like this is an iced coffee i'm not normally an iced coffee connoisseur and and maybe it's just because i don't have ice normally at the house or at work but this is really really good and it will definitely come into the rotation. We'll have to talk more about this off okay. the podcast. Yeah. So Aaron's uh, got a cold brew. I have a cold brew. What, what am I drinking, Tyler, Preston? you're drinking a natural Rwanda from Loyal Coffee, a roaster out in Colorado Springs that we were able to visit on my recent trip. Um, that is a ice pour over. Uh, I was able to start the day with one this morning, and it's kind of been a go-to for me here recently. It is delicious. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've had an ice pour over, or if it's have, it's been a very long time, but it is fruit bomb it's delicious it's kind of it's smooth kind of like a cold brew to me but it's very refreshing yeah same here like you would this beverage rivals a cold brew in the sense of the mellowness it's still got the punch of a coffee but Mm -hmm. it's definitely where the cold brew 
would say m- more watered down, maybe, or mere, more muted tones, yeah. maybe, I guess, would be a good descriptor of a, a cold brew. Yeah. This still has the flavor kind of punching through. Oh, for sure. I, my reasoning for why I love ice pour over so much is because when you're dealing with, like, heat in brewing, it's obviously going to extract way more, and it's going to be a way cleaner cup. Obviously, in just visually, the difference between, like, a cold brew and, say, an ice pour over, the ice pour over is going to be way more clear. It's going to have a lot more clarity to the taste. Um, and I feel like it's... I've I've had a couple ice pour overs that just taste like straight fruit juice, and there's yeah. none of that, like, dull or muddy chocolatey flavors that sometimes, I mean, is good in a cold brew, but sometimes you just don't really yeah. Yeah, want it's not what you're wanting. Yeah. So, Preston, and last but not least, what are you drinking? What's in your cup? Uh, what's in my cup? I'm drinking just uh, that straight washed Guji that uh, we finished up here the other day. It's been on drip for the last little bit, have it on espresso, and drip. I've just been drip. really happy with it. I have to say... Uh, Pro Move is that hatchet mug. Yes, sir. So he has this gorgeous diner-style hatchet mug with... It looks to be like a, a little, little salamander on salamander. there. Salamander. That's it's, it. With a, with it a coffee plant. Like yeah. uh, diner mug you got me on your It does. Trip, it does. So. It's it's seriously gorgeous. Um, but gosh, yeah, we we have a, a we lot, have a variety. A variety lot. is the <laughs> spice of life. Spice of life. That's right. So. Uh, all right, moving on to today's main topic. Uh, we were uh, moving on to today's main topic. Preston was nice enough to give us some of his time. And Preston, just start off, tell us what you currently do, and then we'll step back and tell us how you got into coffee. Yeah, so um, here, like a week and a half ago, I just uh, graduated high school, actually, um, and Gabe and Danielle, the people that own this place, um, offered me a position as their director of coffee. So I'm starting full-time uh, doing all the roasting for the first little bit, uh, trying to get that started up, um, kind of overseeing what we serve behind the bar. I do all the seasonal menus. Um, so like all the new lattes and tea drinks and tonics and all that is uh, my brainchild. Uh, it's a lot of fun and something I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's awesome. So, so I mean, b- real quick before he dives into that, so we talked about the roasting. So Groundwork has has a roaster in the corner. Yep. And y'all are positioning yourself to start distributing beans. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So and and I know Groundwork as a as a shop is essentially like a common area is yep. the Groundwork, and then. You have an also a brand or a name for the roasting. Is that correct? Yeah. So we we looked at Groundwork Common and we thought this is something that the community has really gravitated towards and really connected with. And we don't want to completely do away with it. Um, but at the same time, Groundwork Common sounds like a location. It doesn't sound like, yeah, I got this bag of Groundwork Common the other day. Yeah. It, it just doesn't sound right. So uh, Verb was what we decided on to kind of be the overarching brand um, for any future locations, uh, maybe our coffee cart would. Maybe downtown um, Canapolis. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> maybe, maybe Dunk. I've been arguing for a, a Salisbury location just because it would be closer to my house. That would but be. It would that be, be really out of place, but I think it would be fun. So, uh, Preston, you, you just graduated high school, so I you did. are a youngin in the coffee game. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. Me and Aaron, we didn't really get serious about coffee until at least our 20s. Yeah, so I, I would not have drank... I would not have drank coffee full-time, and by full-time, I mean at least once a week, for another six years. Dang. And, so, and, yeah. So, so you, like, you're getting, you're into coffee from an yeah. early age, so 
You're current, like you wild. said, you're now the director of coffee mm-hmm. at Groundwork, which is awesome. But let's step it back. Like, let's start with your coffee journey, your age. Tell us how you got into it. Yeah, so um, I swear that this is going to go somewhere. Since I was in seventh grade, I picked up the bass, and I was uh, playing bass, and it's actually how I kind of connected with my principal. Um, my principal, when he was in college, he did a bunch of bass gigs and worked as a barista. Uh, so I always, I always thought that was super cool. I always thought he was super cool. I wanted to be like him and stuff. So, uh, when, when the time came for me to get a job, I was like, I want to be a barista. Uh, so I searched for any job that would allow me to just make coffee for a living. Um, and since I was in Salisbury, there wasn't really many options. Uh, cause I didn't know much, but I did know that there's, there's not good coffee and then there's really good coffee yeah. and <laughs> you don't want to get involved with the not good coffee. Yeah. Um, so we, listen, we all know what you're talking about um, uh, that, of the not good coffee. So what was your first experience <laughs> drinking good coffee? Was it at home? Was it at a? My a, first experience drinking good coffee was actually um, when my friend Jabin uh, took me to Groundwork. Um, I had gotten hired at a coffee shop in China Grove um, that he was also working at for a little bit, uh, and he was like, "Dude." You, you really have to come try this place. I'm sure you're going to love it. Uh, I came in and I got a cappuccino. I'm pretty sure Gabe said that they had like a Columbia on espresso um, from Methodical. And it blew me away. Uh, I thought it was absolutely insane. Um, and from there, I was plotting uh, how I was going to be able to transition to working over here. So your your first job, you said you were looking for a, a coffee job. Yeah. And you started off tell us about where you got started and I, I started what you off learned. working I started off working at the Holy Grind in China Grove and I I have so much appreciation for uh, the people there because they really got me started on a lot of my search for good coffee. Um, because I mean, when I was trained, uh, there were a couple things that I was told to do, and then I asked why, and then my manager was like, I don't know, we just do it. And so I was like, no, I don't, I don't know much, but I know that there has to be a reason yeah. for these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so I started my uh, YouTube binge-watching series of all the coffee videos. James Hoffman was my best friend for a couple months. I think James Hoffman is like all of our <laughs> best friends. Yeah. Oh, oh, my like gosh. in the day, baby, well, except the gray hair I'm and trying. the British accent, yeah. so... <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious! But no, it's going back to the the holy grind. So, I, yeah. like, that was your starting point. That yep. was your on ramp, and yeah. that, and I think, like, every one of us have our on ramp and our starting point. Yeah. And, and I think that's been, like, it's tough because that location. I know of that place. Yeah. And it like you're. It's a slight frustration partially because you're like, man, it could be so much better, right? Because oh, yeah. the coffee and and so, you know, one of the things with groundwork here and it's it's exciting having you on and knowing where you're positioning yourself with roasting is it all comes from the bean. Yeah. And so I don't want to jump ahead, but like that rabbit hole that you went down and mm-hmm. all of the has led you to this point, which is yeah. crazy. The track, yeah. The the path that has led. I've known you for a while, and to watch your coffee game kind of explode and to to be the curator of the beverage list here at Groundwork is a massive jump, especially for a young man that has, like, come onto the scene very big. One of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is I told Tyler, 
I believe like you're the next like big up and comer in our area because of just your pursuit of it. And like, I, I'm not saying I'm coffee game, but game recognizes game. And yeah. like, you've blown us away with what you have, what you've been able to craft and do. And it's just, it's, it's been very cool watching you from an outside distance, but okay. You're at groundwork. You've now got a job here. And like, how long have you been working here? I've been working here uh, just over a year. Um, I think it was a year back in February, uh, the first of the month. So, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's been crazy what Gabe and the team here have done. Oh, yeah. And, and like, because they've expanded to double the bil- bi- yep. business inside of a pandemic, right? So, like, don't forget, like, we, like, they doubled while the pandemic was going on. Yeah. They tore down the other side. They introduced the roasting I mean, I, the employment has, yeah. I think there's a new person behind the bar every time I walk there, in. Yeah, we've expanded our employment so much, as well as right as COVID was like starting and everything, they kicked off food. Like that was part of the reason why I got hired um, was because they were starting to serve food and they hadn't done that for the entire like two years prior that yeah. they had been open. Um, and honestly, that's probably what carried us through COVID. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's wild. So you've been here and... Uh, and now, like, you're now over the roasting and the crafting of it. So walk us through a little bit of the journey of coming to a place like Groundwork mm. and the, kind of the platform. Because, like, I, you could go to any other place, and I don't know if your trajectory would have been the same, yeah. right? So, like, a little bit of the the Groundwork and unintentional uh, pun. Pun, pun. Uh, nice. But... Uh, of that got you to where you're at right now. So like, what was it like starting? And then how did you maybe craft the skill to get you to crafting beverages? Yeah. So when I was working at the Holy Grind, um, I was there for six months and I put every single paycheck that I made into savings, um, so that I could buy my own espresso machine. Um, what was, what was that? What was your first machine? I went absolutely crazy. I, there's no reason that I should need this machine. Okay, my backup plan, if groundwork never worked out, was to start my own coffee cart. Um, so I have like a commercial setup sitting in our living room. Uh, it's a Luca A53 direct plum with a Eureka Adam 65 uh, grinder, um, as well as the Ode Brew grinder, the Stag, um, a whole pour over setup. I, what, what in the, what in the I, world? I have pictures. Yeah, I can show you guys. Yeah, oh share my those God, are us. you kidding? Okay, so seriously, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you got to go. We'll have this on Instagram. On the, on the feed. Are you kidding? This, so is when, it your house? When Aaron yeah. and I say our very first espresso machine was like... A Breville. A Breville. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Honda Accord of espresso machine. Oh, my gosh. Now what we, in yeah. the world? Yeah. That's, that's legit. So that's why you're able to do those swans and like all that, okay? Yeah. yeah if you have Preston does an incredible latte art, but so holy moly! Obviously, you have a passion for coffee yeah. and, and learning. You did a lot of research on yep. your own, but it seems like your passion for learning more about coffee and where you currently work have been supportive of your coffee oh, growth. Yeah. So, so just for talk sure. about that and like, what are some of the big takeaways you've learned? Yeah. So par- the biggest part of why I am where I am right now is because, um, 
Gabe and Danielle saw the passion and the drive that I had, and they they really decided that they wanted to help foster that and push me as far forward as they could. Um, like there was one day that a customer came in and uh, she was like, you guys really should do like a kid's menu because I bring my kids in here all the time and they like, they don't really like coffee, but I'm sure that they would love to get something else from you guys. And I'd really want to give you the business for that. Um, so within like a half hour, I worked my tail off and I got my boss a list of like, four or five different drinks that I feel like I felt like we could serve to kids. Um, and it actually became kind of popular with some of the adult crowd <laughs> and we started selling so a lot of that of kind of drinks? stuff. Some of those drinks, uh, I did like a classic Italian cream soda, um, a little lemonade. Uh, I kind of refined the, um, hot chocolate recipe that we had at the time. Um, and I think that's that's really all I can remember right now. But the cream soda at the time we were doing a peach toast, and uh, I got a little experimental through some of the cream with our orange blossom syrup and the peaches in a shaker. Shook that up and poured it over some seltzer water and made what we called the peach fizz. And uh, it okay, was hold on, one of hold on. <laughs> if, see if this brings a bell. There was a there was a uh, women's like event. Yeah. It was on the other side, and I came in the day after, and they had made a beverage that for spe- specific for that. It was Gabe behind there. Mm. And I think, so if you've been working a year, I think it would be very mm. close to when you started. Yeah. And I want to say it was that orange blossom uh, syrup. Because yep. it's been, I, I haven't been back in in a while to Damn. have that, but oh my gosh. If this is even close to what the same thing that you're talking about, mm. That beverage was incredible. It was like he only had just a little bit left in the container, and he was like, here, this is what's left. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, is this coming on the menu? He's like, no, this is just like we're almost done with it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And that's and that that tells you kind of like like Groundwork has some amazing, amazing like one-off beverages yeah. and the syrups. Like that's something that we established very early Absolutely. on. In a coffee shop, if you want to find a good coffee shop, homemade syrups. Yep. You're kind of unique and like a lot of people, one of the indicators, whether it's right or wrong, if we visit a new shop and we see that they're not using homemade syrups, our radar's instantly up. Like, it's probably not going to be that good. I mean, some people, that's just how it works, logistics. But it seems so many people, even even a former employee here a couple years back, I was talking to her one day and she said, yeah, I don't even drink coffee. And I was like, what? Hey, so a, what? a lot of Dang. people might be a barista, hey, I just need a part-time job. Yeah. And that, that's fine. Yeah. But obviously, you yeah. have some passion. And what's cool about Groundwork, kind of what we talked about previously with Lim of uh, Black and White, is he started off just bagging coffee beans for counterculture in Durham. And now he owns his own shop. So to me, it's cool seeing a young person who's interested in coffee and a business that allows for some upward mobility. Hey, if you want to hustle, man, then, you know, the sky's the limit. So, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That, that is really cool. Like, Gabe, that's the one thing I will say. Like, it's been very cool watching, you know, like the employees here and the upward mobility of the shop because, you know, the sustainability of a coffee shop, and we heard this from Liam, is – like we need to position ourselves into some type of roasting distribution of beans because it is the opportunity to 
have a higher price point for the employee or an employee to make you know money because you can move more beans than you can move drinks and there's a margin in beans that is not in drinks right so mm-hmm. we know that but uh that's it's super yeah. exciting for what y'all position yourself for how long let's talk about roasting here at groundwork yeah those verb coffee is what we're calling the the roasting side what have uh what have you been doing recently on that so what are you guys using for for the longest time we went down to nashville tennessee and purchased a dietrich ir7 from a coffee shop that had gone under during the pandemic uh really sad story but um he was he was happy to see it go to a good home um and for the longest time, it was just the biggest headache to get um, the like exhaust work done for it so that it was up to code and everything from the city. And it was like, we called everybody and we were like, hey, do you know how to help us here? And they were like, no, but you can call these guys. And then they were like, yeah, no, we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, we, we finally got it narrowed down. Yep. Um, and then everything, everything was ready to go. And we, had, we were running Artisan, uh, a free um, roasting yep. thing. It's essentially a, it essentially takes sensors and then reports it back to the computer. Yep. So that way you can know what temperatures things are, yep. times, and that way it kind of helps refine. Uh, there is a process of coffee when roasting where you can do it by the 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 sound and per- people listen for the first crack. But there's a lot of data in the curve. Oh yeah. And so as the more data you can extract from the roasting process the better or more let's say this the more consistent a roast you can create right so uh but yeah so you've got the new sensors in yeah so what what happened we we were running um our thermocouples through a wireless fidget that we had connected to artisan and then there was just one day i did like two batches in a row and the thermocouples just quit communicating with the computer and it was super frustrating and then I went in and in the fidget control board and it was still like showing up in the computer but it just wasn't communicating to artisan so then we were like all right let's let's bite the bullet go to cropster and see what they can do um that's a paid service yep. it's kind of the industry standard for roasting um and then I was talking with our customer service rep every single day for at least 2 hours a day trying to get these things worked out they weren't even uh, equipped to handle wireless fidgets yet, so they had me download a beta, and then they sent over patches of like the code that I needed to like wow. re- <laughs> rewrite, um, and not, none of it worked. So then we had to wait for them to send the wired fidget in, and then we rewired it again, and it's finally up and running. And then I graduated, so I've been in here pretty much every day <laughs> trying to get this roasting up and going that's awesome and it's finally hitting and that, i'm just so so happy seriously that's, that's, so that's like a lot of technical jargon oh, yeah a lot of listeners and including me don't really understand yeah. but uh but I, I here's the thing that i like this is one of the reasons to have him on like his passion for coffee it like going to a shop that has an employee that is this passionate about coffee you know the standard is going to be at a level that is coffee snob approved, right? There's a reason. Got that right? Seriously, there's a reason we drive across town to come to groundwork, and uh-huh. one of the play, like we don't badmouth. Oh, look at that! He's got Sticker, a pocket cool. full of stickers. Uh, but so I mean, like to have somebody of your caliber behind the bar that's making sure that you know that it's quality beverages that are coming out the roast i'm super excited about the roast that's coming uh out of so, here let's which try to give us a general overview 
What's the initial plan for roasting here? Just to produce enough for the shop? Um, yeah, so tell us about that. For the first little bit, we're trying to switch over the coffee that we serve in shop with some of our own stuff. Um, and then from there, I'd like to expand out into having a couple more offerings that we can put onto hopefully a website in the future and then maybe do more wholesale stuff. Um, if that ever takes off, we will very quickly need to upgrade to a bigger roaster because ours right now is probably just is big it, enough to supply so us. So it's a, it's a one, is that a one kilo or no, it's, it's a, bigger than that, isn't it? it? We roast about seven pounds green and then it comes out like five pound batches. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Is there a profile you're looking for? Like a lot of shops have a go-to for their espresso. Yeah. Is there a certain type of bean that you guys are leaning toward? An origin? A yeah. process? We we are huge, huge, huge Ethiopia fans here at Groundwork. Natural. Um, always have been. Always will be. Uh, and that that's why we started the with place of coffee, man. Yeah. We we started with. Uh, Arguably a pretty difficult uh, yeah. wash guji. Yeah. Um, we got we got a great price for it from Cafe Imports, um, and we're just planning on using it to help me learn. But then we got it to a profile that we thought was just really exceptional, and now we're serving it um, on drip and espresso. Dude, that's gotta be cool. Oh yeah. I mean, like oh, seriously, yeah. like, like think Rewarding. about it. Like, okay, you've been in the game coffee for a while, but like. You have the sweat equity in setting up that machine, and then not only do you have the sweat equity in the machine, but now you know the process, and then you're doing you're like the green bean goes in, and then she's you're you're delivering, serving your masterpiece. It's that's gonna be oh, that's gonna be cool. It's it was it was so surreal to be able to hold a cup of coffee, look at it, and think. I, I had a hand in pretty yeah. much every single aspect of this besides growing and processing yeah. and exporting and the well, whole long list, but, <laughs> but everything that I probably could have my hand on yeah. in this process, I did. That's, that's Coming amazing. out of the green bean, uh, green bag, mm -hmm. from green bean to roaster. And then he's designing the drinks. I mean, dude, what I would like to do is definitely revisit this maybe in a couple months after you really sure. dialed this roaster and we're going to have maybe an episode just on the roasting Definitely. and the profile um okay so we'll revisit we'll come back and revisit the roasting in a little bit and kind of dial that in but one of the things that we wanted to talk about is something that you just came off of and like when i say just came off of you arrived what yesterday or the day before <laughs> uh i got in saturday morning at 7 a.m saturday morning at 7 a.m and you did a coffee tour tell tell us about that now who, who all went and uh yeah where'd you go so um at my graduation party uh gabe and danielle gave me this envelope it was an odd shape and i wasn't sure what to expect from it i pulled out a card and just the card, uh, and was a little underwhelmed at first, but then I reached back into the envelope and saw a plane ticket to Denver, Colorado. Did you go to Huckleberry? We went to Huckleberry. Okay. Oh my oh, God. That's one Hold of my on. favorites. Seriously, you went to Denver. So, so, so the owners of, okay, bro, total different respect. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> exactly. a total different level of respect for Gabe and Danielle. Okay, so they've given you opportunity. Uh, you flew to out one. to Denver. Who else was it? Were you solo? Did you yeah, have it was. It was me, Jacob, and Gabe. We all went. So it was all the boys from the shop. 
So Jacob is another fantastic yeah. barista and, here. He's a good-looking man. And exactly. Very stylish. He has a way, like, dude, you'll he, come in here one time, and he'll remember your name. He's kind of like Rain Man. It's, oh, it's, it's insane. In, it's incredible. Is, seriously, though, Jacob has well, incredible customer he's, service He's skills. our director of hospitality. Uh, that's a very appropriate seriously, title. Seriously, it's incredible. A gentleman and a scholar. Oh, yeah. And, and so right you, now, he looks you, very fancy behind us. Jacob so you can't see us. and Gabe, the owner of the shop. <laughs> so a boy's trip to... What Why were we invited? Seriously, on dude, I, mean, I would have just went to hold the camera. Seriously, I was just <laughs> all right. So you flew out. Oh my Denver. gosh, Denver! And where did you go from there? So from there, uh, we hit I think like twelve coffee shops gosh. in three days. We did three different hikes Jealous. and then hit a bunch of uh, really really epic restaurants while we were there as well. Okay, so, so that isn't what a trip. Oh yeah, that's incredible. So they went to Denver. So. I know this may be tough because you said you name you went to three or you went to twelve different shops. Yeah. But to kind of paint the picture of a coffee tour, because mm. I had a Minnesota coffee tour, went to way too many coffee shops one evening. Yeah. I drank nine cups of coffee in the one evening from like it was it was a, a binge of palpitations. Yeah, and then your <laughs> stomach hurt, right? <laughs> no, dude, I just stayed up for uh, multiple days. But if you had to list the shops and the experiences, not to put too many pre- much pressure, oh, yeah. but put them on a spot. Top three shops, and then maybe top three beverages. Okay. Um, Loyal was really cool. They were in Colorado Springs. Their location is super cool. Their staff, um, probably some of the friendliest that we wow. ran into. Uh, they were really nice, really epic. I had um, a shot of espresso from them, some of their cold brew, and then this hibiscus tonic that I'm considering appropriating for our summer menu. Um, It was absolutely stellar. Really cool guys. Really cool, really cool branding. I purchased a pin and was very happy with it. Um, And then Jubilee, we went to both of their locations in Denver. um, And at both of them, I had uh, some of their espresso. They had an Ecuador and I believe it was a Burundi. and both of them were really well dialed. They were super balanced. Uh, the Ecuador was way, way more of a fruit bomb than I would have ever thought it could be. Um, and then the Burundi was just absolutely insane. Jacob took a sip of it and said, this tastes like salted toffee. And then I took a sip of it and I was like, dude, you're literally not even exaggerating. It is salted toffee in a cup. It wow. was so good. Um, and then Sweet Bloom, um, we went and uh, we all wanted some espresso. It was early in the morning. We were like, what, what could you do on espresso? And they go, well, here's every single offering that we have here in the shop. We have every single one of them dialed in and you can try any one of them. It was like nine different coffees wow. that you could have chose from and instantly impressed. Um, sweet bloom, sweet bloom, nine yeah. different offerings. Absolutely insane. On espresso, um, on espresso and wow. on pour over. And wow. like you, it's really cool because it feels like they have these offerings and they just want you to be able to experience it in whichever way you decide you want to, Oh, nice! which was really, really sick. Um, as well as their location is just gorgeous. They had just moved in. Um, and their branding is super cool. Uh, it felt like every single bag that they had in the shop had a slightly different design and it was, it was just really, really cool. That's cool. That's, that's really, really cool. So, and you mentioned that you went to Huckleberry. That is Tyler's. And I have to ask, because I know Tyler's excited about the Huckleberry. W- what was your takes on it? Um, I, I got a nice Americano. Uh, 
Then Jacob got an iced Americano and Gabe got a cold brew. Um, me and Jacob, of course, got two different types of espressos in ours. Um, and I, the iced Americano wasn't, wasn't my favorite thing that I had on the trip, but it was still really good. Um, I'm pretty sure they said it was a single origin, Ethiopia, natural. Um, He's being nice. It, he doesn't want to say it was. It was. It was pretty good. It just it it felt a little a tiny bit over extracted. And then I looked up while they were making it and saw that they were using the volumetric dosing on their um, Linnea uh, instead of using a scale. So I, I was a, I was a little tense, but it was still it was still a pretty okay, pretty so good cup of coffee. That, See, that just makes me so happy that he's like, they're using the volume, volumetric dosing. And that's what that means is it's a consistent dose that is supposed to come out of the machine rather than a weighed consistent. So it's a basically making the machine say it's a consistent. And we know that bean density is different. And so it's using time and duration. Yeah. And... Well, it can it can change so frequently, and the reason why I'm so skeptical of those is because of my machine at home. It has the volumetric dosing <laughs> option, and sometimes I'll have it set to 20 grams, and it'll put out nine. And wow. Okay. <laughs> other times it'll put out like 36, and sometimes it's just really like hit or miss sometimes yeah. on those types of machines. So I don't discredit it. I just tense up a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it's the the coffee, what we have found is the attention to detail in the small, minute grams yeah. is is really where you hone in and craft like good, consistent beverages, oh, right? Sure. And so, I mean, that's been something that I've noticed here at Groundwork is when the portafilter comes out of the grinder, it goes to the scale, and there's a little cup of coffee grinds right beside and a little spoon, and it either comes out or in to make sure that there's a consistent uh, gram amount in the portafilter yeah. basket. We always try and dose within 0.1 because if you get to like 0.2, it starts to affect the way that it tastes and then your time is weird and then it's just, you know. That attention to detail. Uh, the devil's in the details. Dude, it is. Okay, so your tour, yeah. you, you hit all those shops. That's crazy. That's, that could, that's that amazing. Sounds... Like, kudos to the, the business. Again, he's investing in you guys. Oh, for sure. Um, you're nerding out learning some good stuff from other coffee shops and were any other coffee shops kind of like did you get the opportunity to like talk more business or was it more just producer going in and yeah so we had reached out to middle state and to loyal uh before we went on the trip to try and see if we could talk with some of their folks um which i forgot to mention middle state I absolutely love them. The whole vibe in the shop is sick. It reminded me of my skater phase, and it was just uh, so good. I got a kombucha from them that was uh, called the Marg Simpson. It was <laughs> like margarita and lime kombucha. It was it was so good. Okay, um, all right. I don't. I'm not a fan of kombucha, but margarita and oh, lime, dude. we could do it. Uh, okay. If, if you're not on the kombucha train, you need to get on it. Okay. Well, we need some good kombucha. Oh, for sure. I'll. Don't, we can go get some have, kombucha have, after this. Y'all used to have we used Updog, to have, didn't you? We used to have Updog, but then they got bought out, and now it's been really difficult to gotcha. get our hands on stuff, and they're changing a lot of things, and uh, yeah, it's all up in the air right okay. now. Okay. Well. So, so, this is like a stray thought here. I just thought about this. Yeah. Um, you're over a lot of the, you have a lot of seasonal beverages here at Groundwork, yep. and this is pretty easy to say. This is definitely one of the 
most legit shops in the area. Thank you. But on the other hand, what do you feel like? Do you see the Instagram crowd here? Do you see the the soccer moms who come in like? Oh, for sure. What's what's the go-to drink, and how do you, how do you tell a coffee snob from you know just a typical? I'm here for the the scene. There's okay. There's typically, no yeah, no. Typically, if somebody's coming in, if somebody's coming in for the scenery, some people will just straight up come in here and say, "Can I get a water and sit in the corner?" Um, and that's that's pretty much the most extreme version of that. But as of right now, with our spring menu, the medley is so popular. Um, it's a latte with our orange lavender rosemary syrup, and. Even, even that, yeah, people just come in here to get the drink and enjoy the scenery, but it's, we still try and make it as interesting as possible. Um, but as far as, like, who, who I have a lot of respect for coming in, when someone comes in and they're just like, man, just let me have some of that drip coffee. And they just they sip on that drip coffee and they, like, give me feedback on it. I'm like, I, I appreciate you. As, that's something that's very interesting. Like, going in... Because normally you go in and, and get a specialty beverage. Sure. Like, that's, dude, that's an interesting take from somebody that's behind the bar. Yeah. And that's shame on me. Like, again, we talked about this a lot on our earlier episodes about how do you judge a good coffee shop. And, you know, aesthetics play part of it. But I go in, Beaver, your go to, which you haven't talked about in a long time, was the Cortado. Yeah. It was the go Yeah. You can instantly tell if a barista is on point with that. But again, yeah. I like to go in and try latte. I mean, I might seem like a ba- basic drink, but if you can, yeah, you are basic. Really have the the flavor of the coffee come through. Yeah. In addition to the homemade syrup. Yeah. But I, I, maybe I need to step back and try. The yeah, drip I mean, dude, or it's I mean, americano. So, I I think where I would not. It's very interesting takeaway because I wouldn't say a staple of a shop would be the drip, mm. right? You mean because it's like. How could you screw up drip? But then, can, I mean, yeah. but then and you probably even, could screw it it's up. It's not even necessarily easy. screwing up drip. It's like, is, is this drip going to catch me off guard or be way better than I was expecting it to be? Like I went to um, the Commons location of Methodical in Greenville, and they had this natural Ethiopia on drip, and I really wanted to try it. And they gave it to me, and it blew me away. I'm sorry, you know how like you typically have to wait a good like 10 minutes before you get any acidity off yeah. of a drip. I I mean, they served it to me. It was steaming, and I waited maximum 30 seconds. Took a sip, and it was super super bright. Strawberry forward. The whole like, man, it, that's crazy. It blew me away. Um. My when I'm when I'm going to visit coffee shops, uh, I'll typically get like a shot of espresso and a drip because you know if you get the shot of espresso, you can see if they're like keeping up with it, keeping it dialed in, if it's running away from them, and the drip is like that. Okay, this is not that high maintenance, and if it's good, it's good. So okay, that's dude. That's definitely something to like. I mean, wouldn't even have considered the thought of going in and getting drip. Like from most places, it is. But I mean, I guess, I guess, like when you when you put it into that perspective of, especially like groundwork, because I think, I mean, y'all have pushed. I don't want to say pushed in the sense of like forcing it on people, but you've always promoted the drip coffee, and a lot of places. I don't want to say it's an afterthought, but it's kind of just 
there on the on the yeah. on the shelf. I know uh, Enderly, they offer a drip for any when you buy anything in the shop, you get oh, a cup right. of drip, um, or buy a bag of beans. Let me say this: when you buy a bag of beans, you get a uh, drip. Um, yeah. So I think Methodical does the same thing as well yeah. at most of their locations. Which respect, respect. Yeah, I mean, like you know, without generalizing too much, a lot of coffee shops that are maybe in it to make a buck, they're not in it for the love of coffee. What do you see on their menu? You see the Starbucks stuff. You see the frap. You know the yeah. sugar, sugar bombs, and that should be a red flag if if you go in somewhere and you ask the barista where the coffee's from, and they say France. <laughs> Listen, you say, it's come a, again? And it's a French what, roast. <laughs> Where's it from? France. And you're like, oh, crap. Here's what just, you need to do. Pro tip. <laughs> Turn around and walk out the door. <laughs> uh, that's only, he's talking from experience that I had. But, uh, dude, it has been crazy, like, wa- like watching your journey and just knowing that this is just the start. Like, Absolutely. Uh, kudos to Gabe and his wife for the foundation from the groundwork that they established they that groundwork. I mean, uh, the puns are just dude, they rolling flow. around here today. Uh, they flow. So, so if anybody, yeah, so seasonal menus, currently yeah. this moment, what's the seasonal menu? Groundwork is located in Concord, North Carolina. Concord, North Carolina. And what's your current seasonal menu for drinks? Yeah, the current seasonal menu is one that I'm super proud of. It's our spring menu. Uh, at the top, we have a drink I called the Springtime. Um, T-H-Y-M-E It is a strawberry and thyme lemonade With rhubarb cocktail bitters over top um, it, Go it, ahead uh, that's, I, a, that's impressive Yeah, I had, I had dreams about that drink Several nights after I came up with it <laughs> um, Next to that is the medley uh, The seasonal latte I mentioned earlier That was actually something that Gabe and Danielle um, Had around the shop when I first got hired And it was just so popular that we decided to bring it back Awesome. Um, under that, I'm pretty sure is uh, the Cure. Um, call out to one of my favorite bands. Um, it's spicy ginger beer with lime and honey. And my personal favorite way to drink that uh, drink is with a shot of espresso over top to make it like an espresso mule. It's really interesting, really different, and that spicy oh, ginger dude. beer really, really kicks. Okay. Okay, we'll have to try that. Seriously, in a minute, that's in a, a minute. that's a yeah. So a seasonal menu, uh, you're gonna find Preston here behind bar or roasting most days. Yep. If if anybody wants to reach you, got uh, Preston on social media. Are you are you on there? Yeah, I'm on I'm on uh, Instagram. My Instagram is at Preston uh, underscore P R I E S T O N underscore. All right. Well, yeah. again, we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna keep tabs on Young Preston, and we're gonna revisit him and maybe a couple months and see how the roasting yeah is progressing yeah i dude i really appreciate your time today absolutely and, and no chatting problem. with us because it's it's been a lot of fun and yeah. watching the progression how fast it's progressed and dude can't wait to see all the nerding out on the uh roast and what happens and yeah. hopefully uh we can get on that um alert when you roast so that <laughs> yeah. way what we'll the sure. like <laughs> Do a video segment. Oh man, dude, that'd be sick. That'd be fun. Sick. All right. So anyway, uh, wrapping up, we got Preston here again. Preston Rollins, thank you for taking some time out. Groundwork Common, they're on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Groundwork Common, I yep. believe is their handle. Yeah, we we tag them pretty much every week. Tyler does hey, anyway. 
Got yeah. support, support <laughs> local. Uh, Coffee Snobs Podcast. Yep. Coffee Snobs.net. Uh, that's right. Forward slash. Uh huh. Connect. Connect or uh-huh. forward slash review. For uh, yep. Dear listeners, if you try a new drink, such as the Medley or the Cure or something mm. like that, tell us or about you it. visit a new shop, drop us a line. We always like to feature reviews yep. uh, from different shops and different roasters. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you go to a coffee shop and get the drip, let us know how the drip absolutely. is. Absolutely. Hashtag the drip. We need to have a segment called like the drip. The drip. Talk about visiting... Lots of ideas here. I'd, I'd pop in for that. Oh, dude. Lots of ideas It would here. be hosted by you. What are you talking about? Seriously. <laughs> Sponsored by Preston, the Sponsored drip. Sponsored by Preston. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, for, for Preston, Groundwork, Aaron, this is Tyler and the Coffee Snobs. Yes. And we will see you on the next show. Adios.